ਸਾਲਾ ਗੁਰੂਦੇਵ ਪਤੀ ਤਪਵਾਨ ਕੀ ਜਾ ਸ਼ਮਨ ਮਹਾਪੂਰ ਕੀ ਜਾ ਸ਼੍ਰੀ ਹਰੀ ਨਾਮ ਸੰਕੀਰਤਨ ਕੀ ਜਾ ਸ਼੍ਰੀ ਦਾਉਦੀ ਗੋਪਾਲ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਜਾ ਨਿਰੰਕਾਰ ਸ਼ਮਨ ਭਗਵਤਨ ਕੀ ਜਾ ਗੋਰ ਭਗਤ ਵਰਿੰਦ ਕੀ ਜਾ ਗੋਟ coming <clears throat> so well we have been all these days for the last week or so doing some sort of uh, pre prelude prelude to tomorrow's celebration officially official krishna's birth sri krishna janmashtami so today we have like our last if you will series of lectures of this uh, upcoming events that will be event that we will eventually celebrate tomorrow and the day after tomorrow even more special maybe <laughs> so <coughs> so today we will speak about a little bit about the prayers of the devas we are, we were already in that chapter in our last meeting prayers of the demigods garbastuti but we we didn't get to the prayers in themselves so briefly we make a brief summary of what we see uh, two days ago and from there we will go to some few prayers and try to elaborate a little bit on them so which was our topic two days ago the happenings in branch mm-hmm. Uh, we went from Bra- Bhagavatam to an extension of the Bhagavatam, the form of Gopal Shampu. And there, Silajiva Goswami was speaking about the little bits of the dynasty coming from Nanda Maharaj, Parjanya Maharaj, going back to Devamida Maharaj. As we spoke, he got two wives. In one, he wife, one wa- Shatya wife, Baisha wife. There's Parjanya Maharaj, born in the Baisha lineage. And uh, Sura Maharaj in the Shatru one from Sura came Basudev from Pranjanya came Nanda and accompanied by his all four other brothers the Nanda the five Nandas of Raj <laughs> uh, well we started to speak about how everything was developing there how Pranjanya gave the, the throne if you will to Upananda the young the elder brother of Nanda Maharaj and eventually first thing he, he did as his first official act as a new uh, king of the Shat, of the Vice, sorry, sharing the throne, the crown, the Tilak, to Nanda Maharaj. Everyone in Braj agreeing with that. So we're speaking about eventually how the events developed very smoothly you know, in, in Braj. Everyone was happy. Nanda was eventually married, of course, with Tujashoda. But one and burden started to become more and more uh, like clear for everyone. It was the idea that Dandamara didn't have a son, there was not heir to the throne, and uh, all the happenings that came from there. No? So all these dreams that Nandan just saw the have of having a son more beautiful than Narayan, they have the two of them thinking we are drive, we are going crazy. We have to control our minds. Let's practice some tapasya. Uh, so for a year, Dwadasi Brat. After that, much big, much strong desire they have. Some other dreams, ambitions coming like this. So, and eventually, we spoke how Purnamasi, this old lady, once came for the first time to Braj, giving the the good news. No, Nanda will have a son. Nanda will have a son. So everyone was like so happy they just constructed a cottage to her next to the Jamuna please stay there here with us and keep bringing new good news to us every every day <laughs> and she was ready to do that no? As the whole Maya, every single day orchestrating the whole dynamics of the Lila so eventually it is described how from Nanda's heart Nanda was feeling some something is going on in my heart someone entered my heart <laughs> what's going on here there is someone here and eventually he feels some relief and big joy of getting that person out of his heart but into Jasoda's heart no? and eventually that would bear fruit in the form of 
Jashoda Nandan 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 Sri Krishna. And when Krishna entered into Jashoda's womb, we spoke about how she being so sober suddenly started like to cravings, to crave, not to crave for. Uh, I want gulab jamun, I want lassi, and I want sweet rice, and I want butter and sweets and milk products, more, more, more. So someone else was craving to her. <laughs> so, so we spoke a little bit about these happenings in Braj, and for a brief moment also we spoke about what's go, what's go, what was going on in Mathura. So we went, go, we went back to the Bhagavad, where uh, Devaki was there with... Basudev in the prison house, as you know, and eventually Basudev uh, had Krishna in his mind, that's described the Bhagavan, and transferred from Basudev's mind to Devaki's womb. Again, this idea of Basudev, pure consciousness, Devaki, Bhakti, Diksha, and by speaking into Devaki's ear through sound, Krishna was there, emphasizing this parallel of we spoke these days about what really Diksha means as a process, not as a moment in our timeline. <laughs> and this example was there of uh, she herself being so effulgent in the midst of this, such a dark place and this analogy that we, we had been speaking uh, yesterday, these days. <laughs> and when Kansa saw this, he started to feel, oh, such an effulgence is there. Mm, most probably the eighth child of Tupaki is there. The one who will kill me is there. So he started to think, should I kill her now, not? And calculating and preserving his good reputation, if you will, he thought, no, I won't kill him now. Somehow or other he will be born and I will bite him to fight and hopefully I kill him. But if I do not kill him, he may kill him in battle. So my good reputation will remain there forever. So that's the important thing. Or comes at least. <laughs> so, but in this way he was absorbed in, in all this pregnancy period 24 hours or more a day absorbed, Kamsa was absorbing Krishna unfavorably Krishna conscious, as we saw it no anukulena, but pratikulena, no pratikul so we spoke a little bit about this idea, no, of offering a favorable uh, seva to Krishna not only doing what's favorable but with unfavorable spirit sometimes both things are there generally but sometimes we have to make some this distinction between the two, as in the case of Kamsa. He was doing some favorable acts to devotion, 24 hour thinking of Krishna, but with fear, hate, and wanting to kill the Bishaya Lambana, the object of, <laughs> of his bhav, of his emotion. So, so it's very important, no? The feeling that we are putting in our offering, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita. Um, Eighth chapter, Jam Jam Bapish Generally, this verse is translated as whatever state of existence you are in, you will reach that existence. Bhava. Bhava means existence, but also Bhava means emotion. So, whichever the emotion you have <coughs> when you are living this world, that emotional state you will attain in your next life. So, now, being a sadhaka means constructing a, an emotional project. We are trying to to to, invo- to invoke and develop proper emotional uh, expression. So when we have to depart, to live, and pass away, there's a particular emotional setting that will promote us to a particular land which corresponds with that. No? So that's the idea. So the the main emphasis here is even you you may be engaged in something favorable to Krishna consciousness, thinking about Krishna always, but doing that with unfavorable mood. And some ex- other extreme example is therefore the opposite. You may be doing something that is not strictly favorable to Krishna, but it's, there's such a good intention there, such a bhav, that that becomes accept- accepted by Krishna. So many examples of that. Just so this is chasing Krishna with a stick. No, in none of the 64 limbs of Bhakti Rupa Goswami said you have to take a stick and chase Krishna and tie him to a mortar and this and that or as Vidura's wife offer Krishna banana peels it never says it's favorable for Bhakti but actually Vidura's wife was not offering banana peels she was offering her bath it was such intense that he overlooked that this was actually banana peels but Krishna also overlooked that he also only saw 
Oh, you're offering me such nice bhakti. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, no? if you offer me leaf, no? peel, let's extend the example, whatever, no? fruit, water, I accept. One thing is to accept, another thing is to devour. No? So Krishna says, okay, you offer banana peel, I accept. Doesn't mean he will like... In the case of Vidura's wife, he was like accepting and asking for more. <laughs> These are, okay, again, exceptional examples. No, we do not take that as an excuse and let's bring the banana peels right now. <laughs> Those are for the cows and like this. <laughs> with, with bhakti also. <laughs> so, both things should be there. No, We should try to know what's favorable for Krishna, some pleasure, and how I can develop the proper mode in that regard. So, this is what we say, saw last last class, and we reached till yeah, like verse twenty, whatever, twenty-four of the second chapter. We were there, so now we will beginning on the twenty-fifth verse, second chapter, tenth canto, prayers of the demigods. So again, we are in the situation where Devaki is in the prison of Kamsa's Kamsa's prison jail. She's she has Krishna in her womb, totally effulgent situation. And Devas, remember, the Devas were there from the very beginning, going with Bhumi. Bhumi went to Brahma, Brahma went to the milk ocean with all Devas, Bhumi, asking Bhagavan, please, descend. So they realized, oh, he has come. He has, uh, like, he spoke his word. He says something, he's doing that. So let's go there. And they went to the, to the jail, and they started offering prayers to Krishna in the Bhakti's womb, Vasudev Krishna, the Bhakti Krishna. So it's a very nice series of prayers. It's like almost like 20 verses of prayer, like from verse 25 till 42. So, yeah, almost 20 verses. Garbastuti, again, the prayers in the womb. So we will see only two of them, because some development is required, especially if the devas are praying, no? they are so sophisticated, Sanskrit, there are layers of meaning, so uh, they are very interesting uh, words, so it's a nice way also to approach the upcoming Vedmastami in the spirits of prayer, you know, prayer, prayer of full mode, trying to really invite Krishna to get out of the womb, if you will, no? to be born, and we to be born also, we are also in the womb of material nature, if you will. <laughs> And to become a light means to get out of the womb. So Krishna is, is, about, is to be born, and we hopefully with him as well. <laughs> so I'll, let's see one one verse, and after that we see the other one. This is the twenty-sixth verse. Uh, it's a very well-known verse. It's a verse I don't know if for the Guinness records, but it's a verse that includes the word satya most of the time. Any other any other verse I know. So the verse is like this. Satya Bratam Satya Parantri Satyam Satyasya Yonim Nihitam Chasatye Satyasya Satyam Rita Satya Netram Satyamakam Tam Saranam Prabhanam. So, what's the meaning of the verse? Of course, and we will go into the chair. So many times the word Satya. We may think we know what Satya, but here we have, you realize oh, so many implications in this idea. So the, the, deva, the devas are saying to, to Bhagavan to, in the womb, we take shelter of you. Your pledge is true. Honesty is most important to you. You are the truth of the three Vedas. You are the cause of the five elements and you, are, you abide in the real. You are absolutely real compared to what is materially real. You are the guide for speaking truthfully and pleasantly as well as for perceiving Paramatma. Your body is real. This is the verse, the Satya verse. <laughs> Everything about you is real. No? Satya Bratam, we'll now go a little bit to the words. No? Satya Bratam, Brata, what does it mean? It's like Drida Brata, Satya Bratam is. Bow, yeah, so, so who never deviates from your bow, Satya Brata. Krishna is saying this in Bhagavad Gita, no? Mamevaisya si satyam te pratiyane priyosame. Satyam te, he's saying to Arjuna, man mana bhava mad bhakto mam jahina. I bow, I promise to you that whoever no, does this, man manava, 
is most dear to him. So many times he's just putting his word there, no? So Satya Pratam is which, whose, yes, whose vow is always made true, basically. After that we have Satyaparam. Satyaparam is one meaning. And we are now with the general meaning of the words. After that we go with layered possible meanings. So Satyaparam, what's, what's that? Bhagavatam starts with that. Satyam Param Dimahi. First verse. First verse of the whole Bhagavatam. Invi- that's inviting, is sending us the invitation. What's the invitation of the Bhagavatam? Satyam Param Dimahi. Let's meditate in the Supreme Truth. Krishna, and which type of meditation? Well, you will find that in Vrindavan. It's a particular type of bhajan. <laughs> so, Bhagavatam started with three Satyam. Three Satyam, what does it mean? Generally speaking. <laughs> well, literally maybe that which type which three truths which, which three truths do not speculate so much we can stop there the three always <laughs> we can say many things of course but in this case three means like the three phases of time no. that person who exists in past present and future who always will be there basically satyasya means of all relative truths, the truths of everything that is truth. Relative means something is relative to something else. Absolute means by yourself, for yourself, by yourself. Later say Jonim Nihitam. Jonim means the cause, cause of everything. Nihitam means entered, so which enters into everything basically. You're the cause of everything, everything comes to you but you are inside everything at the same time. They say satya. Satya means everything that exists in the material world also, which we call sometimes illusory, but it's real in one sense. I mean, Maya Shakti is real. What you see through Maya Shakti is not real, but Maya Shakti exists. So material world also is existing. We are not of the school of Jagan Mitya, Brahma Satya, Shankara says the world is unreal. It's satya. <coughs> what do you say? Satya. But for us it's satya. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, for us the world is real. Yeah. So satya sya means of everything that is accepted as truth. You are. The, the truth component of everything that is truthful, basically. No? Rita satya netram. Again, you are the origin of everything that is pleasing. Sunetram. Satyatmakam. Everything that is connected to you is truth. It's, a, it's real. It's existent. To say truth is existent, real. Satyadananda. And thus, last part of the prayer says, Tvam Sharanam Prabhanam. So, we offer unto you of our full surrender and we are under your, completely under your protection. So this is the presentation that the, the devas make. No? So let's go a little bit now into some of the terms and some of the meanings that many of the different acharyas will are presenting to us. Interesting, you know? <coughs> so actually, to say that this verse is very famous as a mine. Mine, you say, mine of meanings, like mine. You have because each word has so many meanings and different acharyas have been, no? It is classed as something called paramotam kabya or the topmost type of poetry which lends itself to unlimited interpretations from many angles of view. No? Uh, and also this has some particular poetic ornament called Punar Ukta Bhavad Dasha, which means like a semblance of a repetition, which means it seems that many words are repeated over and over again, but there's never repetition there. Something new is coming at every increase. No? The word Satya, word, well, especially the word Satya in this case, no? But all of them used with different meanings. So we'll see some of them because I've, found, I've gone through like I don't know, like 10, 15 Bhagavad commentators, and it was like too much. Now we need like a whole yoga for <laughs> going to each of them. But we'll, let's go to some of the main ones, which is very important because the word satya is, is very important for us. I mean, truth, truthful, to be truthful, to be satam, sadhu. So many words come from this idea of sat. Sad means real. We have sad, sadhu, sadhana, sadhya, sad, sad, 
sad, no? real. That's what is real. To be a sad means to be real, honest. Practice should be real. Goal should be real. <laughs> because Krishna is real. Satyam, Param. So, so this will be some variety of this idea of Satyam, Param, Dimahi. Let's meditate from the Supreme Truth in different angles of that Supreme Truth. So... So remember, the devas have gone to the milk ocean, have prayed to the unseen Lord. Here only some ethereal voice, only Brahma in meditation. So they prayed, they do some bhajan, some type of bhajan, so the Lord may come, so he may be pleased. So now the devas are like, like tasting the fruit, starting to taste the fruit of their bhajan. Oh, we pray to you, it's a form of bhajan. You heard us, and you responded to our prayers. So, you are truth. And you are truth itself. You are truthful to your word. You are bestowing the result on us. So first of all, they are being grateful for that. Okay, we prayed for this. You came. Thank you. <laughs> so, basically, in the very beginning, they start. this is just the first or second prayer of all the list of prayers from the devils. So, they start being delighted by knowing, oh, the Lord, has, the Lord has answered our prayer, they start to merely pr- praise Him as being real. You are real. In this sense, in this sense, in this sense, in this sense. No? <coughs> so the fact that you came to the Bakis wounds, they will demonstrate that our bhajan has, what do you say, birth, birth fruit, warm fruit, birth fruit. No? Another point, what they are saying is, bhajan is real, and the results of bhajan are real. Beside the type of bhajan that the demigods may perform, no? that we may have faith, no? whatever bhajan you perform, in that same bhajan, in that same mood you will be answered, your bhajan will be answered. Sinarotam Dastakur said, I, don't, I, don't, I cannot recall the exact line, one of his songs, Sadhana, Siddha, Bhajan. So what he's saying is, the mood that you, which, with which you perform your sadhana, that type of mood you will attain in your sadhya your Siddha stage. So there will be some reciprocation, basically. That's what Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita. So here this verse is speaking to Krishna Satyam Param. Remember, the Bhagavatam speaks about speaking about Satyam Param. But after that first verse, there's no other verse in the Bhagavad till this one that the term Satyam Param is invoked. Okay. Many avatars are coming but never Bhagavatam speaks to them as Satyam Param. Because in one sense they are not the supreme personality of God. The absolute truth, in one sense. Only Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan. So, when Krishna is coming now to the womb, basically the very first prayer that comes in the Bhagavatam in that context, invokes the first verse of the Bhagavatam, Satyam Param Divani. Now, you are the Satyam Param we were speaking. The Bhagavatam was speaking the first verse. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So, due to Vasudev, the Baki, that Satyampara is coming. So, regarding the first word, Satyabratam, it's a very nice term that includes so many things. We spoke the other day a little bit about this with the Gita and Krishna with Vishma fighting and breaking his bow for maintaining higher bow. So, and here it says Satyabratam is to that type of vow. Because Krishna seems to break so many vows and laws. <laughs> but if you pay close attention, he's, he remains Satyabratam. He remains faithful to his topmost vow. Because we should perform a vow in order to attain something. If not, the vow is useless. I mean, if I just do a vow for the vow in itself, I mean, the vow should take me to increase of, in this case, bhakti. So, for Krishna, if a vow is uh, conducive to that okay if not I break my vows <laughs> in order to embrace a higher type of devotion so here Baladevi devotion say in this verse with the word Satyam Bratam means the following since Krishna is dedicated dedicated to protecting his devotees and since, since he has the topmost position he should be taking shelter up that was the meaning of Satyam Bratam his Absorbed in protecting his devotees. Now, that's one of the main uh, functions, if you will, of Krishna, especially in Vrindavan, Bhaktavatsal. Like the cow is nourishing and protecting the calf, in the same way, 
Krishna has no other business, basically, to do that, that one. Acharya said that Krishna's favorite attribute in, in himself is that one. I'm tied by love with my devotees. I'm subservient to them. That's, my, that's the most nice thing about me, says Krishna. <laughs> that actually is connected to them. So you see, Krishna has now false ego. <laughs> so in this way, this is the same here. No? He's, that he's absorbed to this paritranaya sadhana, protecting his devotees. All his devotees, different levels of devotees, different levels of protection. We need a type of protection. We still need to be protected from ourselves, <laughs> from uncontrolled mind, etc., Highest devotees also have to need pr- be protected from themselves, but from another side. They are dying in the pains of separation, and who know what they will do, Krishna comes to protect them. <laughs> so different types of protection, and protection is there. Prakshishyati Vishwa, so we should firmly believe that. So he should be taken uh, shelter of, as Guru explained the other day. Mam Ikam Sharanam. Only in me. I am the only, that's one name of Krishna, Mam Ekam Sharana, the only shelter, me. <laughs> so here it's also saying Satyasya Satyam, the truth of all the truths, in the same way that sometimes the scriptures say, God is the eye of the eye, the ear of the ear. Sometimes he's attributed these functions, these qualities. Mahaprabhu himself was teaching when he was a grammar teacher, he was saying, explaining how every word of the alphabet, first and foremost, was a name of Krishna. And after that, something else. <laughs> so the, te- the, the pupils were like, oh, nice class, but we came to learn like, traditional drama. <laughs> no, this is very heterodox <laughs> teaching. <laughs> totally astonishing, but Mahaprabhu was speaking. Each and every syllable world, the Sanskrit alphabet, name of Krishna, name of Krishna, name of After that, something else. Everything is speaking about Krishna first and foremost. Secondarily, about tree, floor, harmonium, watch. First, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. So, particular grammar teacher. <laughs> so here the same Krishna, the eye of the eye, the ear of the ear, the truth of all truths. If something is truth, is because Krishna is satya first and foremost. Vishwanachakravarti <clears throat> Thakur mentions very nicely like his version of this verse. He says, You are the essence of the essence, the cream of all spiritual objects. Satyasya satyam. You are the satya of all satyas, the truth of all truths. So, <clears throat> so the idea is this. Krishna, uh, how is it in English? Abides, abides in truth. Krishna abides in truth, and truth abides in Krishna. This is one verse in the Mahabharata. That says exactly that. Krishna abides in truth. Uh, truth abides in Krishna. Govinda is truer than truth. Do you say truer or more truth? More true. Truer? Okay, Govinda is truer than truth itself. Therefore, he's called Satya. Satya means true or truth. But truth may be truth. But when Satya with capital S is there, if you will. <laughs> It's the name of Krishna, is Govinda, who is truer than truth itself. Or like saying, whatever you think is truth, or is true, that's not all. <laughs> you have to get close to Govinda, and that's where truth abides in. <clears throat> so, also Bhispanacho Gavarti Thakur explains this first, was Satya Bratamas, uh, one whose vow is always truth. And he quotes this famous verse, nice, from Ramayan, famous sloka. Before, just just before uh, Ravana is being killed, you may know this moment. Uh, Ramachandra has one arrow. He's point, pointing to Ravana's heart, and he's saying to Ravana, "With this arrow, I will pierce your heart and I will kill you." I mean, there's no doubt about that. Satya, true. <laughs> but. If you at this present moment surrender to me and you say tabai tabasmi tabasmi mean, means I'm yours. If you say I'm yours, I forget everything, says Ramson. I forget you kidnapped Sita and all the crazy stuff you did. I delete that from my mind and I accept you. Just you have to say tabasmi. Are you willing or not? Ram said no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Well, Lila has to owe on. <laughs> he throws the arrow on Brown's kill. No? But this, the point is that this verse says, if someone says to ask me, I immediately accept that person as one of my own, reaching you. On some level or other, but it's already mine. Some other agency starts to deal with that person. A devotee who, on one level, tries to sincerely surrender, Krishna puts himself under his own like, agency. If there is some karma remaining, as we say always, uh, Shobhana karma will be there. A karma, beautiful karma, personally administered in the context of, of bhakti. Hmm? Balabhacharya, also one famous commentator of Bhagavatam, also comments on this word, Satyam Pratam, hmm? means citing some other verses from the scripture where Krishna is establishing his vow, like for example this famous Bhagavad Gita line, Kaunteya Pratiyanihi Nami Bhakta Pranashati when Krishna says to Arjuna, declare uh, how do you say? which is the next word after declare? Osadamente boldly, boldly declare boldly that my devotee never perishes we know why he asks Arjuna to say that and he's not saying that we already narrated this idea with Bhishma. And he also quotes this, a very nice verse from the Bhagavatam in the prayers of of Vishnu, God himself, to uh, not to Durbas, but to his devotees, Ambarish Maharaj is there, and Durbas Muni is taking darshan. You know this story when Durbas was like was running up behind like the the, chak- the chakra was like running after him after he offended Ambarish. And when he arrived to Vaikuntha and begged forgiveness and shelter, whatever, Vishnu started to praise his devotees and how he's totally property of them. Like saying, you have done something very wrong. <laughs> and the last of these six verses is, Very nice verse. Krishna says, Vishnu says that. So what to speak about Krishna? <laughs> Vishnu Vaikuntha is saying, Sadavori Dayam Mahayam. No? He says, I am the heart of my devotees. So in my devotees, in their my devotees' heart, I am there only. And Sadunamri Dayan Tuham. And in my heart, only devotees are there. Matanyate Najan and Ti, they do not know anyone apart from me. Naham Tebi Manahagapi. And I do not know anyone apart from them. So Balvachar is quoting this nice verse like saying, Krishna is like loyal to his bow which is his bow this how he feels toward his devotees totally captured by them <coughs> so again the context is uh, demigods praying how Satya brought them to Krishna you reciprocated to us to your devotees devas are bhaktas well, sakam bhaktas but bhaktas are too <coughs> Sridhar Swami the famous Bhagavad commentator says the following. He said that Satyam Param, which we translated as Supreme Truth, means uh, you in regard to whom the best thing is honest, honest, honesty? honesty. Honesty. You in regard to whom the best thing is honesty. Or in other words, you the means of attaining whom is honesty. You follow the idea? You have to be honest. That's the conclusion. <laughs> That's how the Bhagavad starts. Dharma Prithu Kaitavotra Paramuni Matsaranam Satam. Satam is another word for Sadhu. Sadhu means honest fellow, honest guy. <laughs> sad. sad means truth, real. And Sadhu is someone who is real, who is honest. <clears throat> As Guru Maharaj said, no. No difference between private life and public life, ideally. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you will share publicly your your your, your bank account password, but uh, you understand the application. Of it. So the best thing in attain, like the best means to attain in Krishna is honesty. And if, if you are honest, as Guru explained the other day, it's not only about being sincere. You have also to be intelligent and well educated. But if you are honest, you will realize the necessity for that. I have good intentions, I'm honest, and I will realize, oh, I need good guidance also, and good criteria, in order to reach perfection. Because, road to hell is paved with good intentions, as they say also. So, honesty is there, but what is the implication of honesty? 
so many things I do. Trisatyam. Trisatyam, we said. Mm-hmm. Three phases of time. Krishna exists in both past, present, and future. Not like the famous first Chaturshloki verse of the Bhagavatam. Hamivasam evagri nanyat jasyam asapparam paschat paschat nanyat jatetascha sarvatra sarvada. Brahma, the beginning of creation, praying to Krishna. I'm sorry. Brahma was praying to Krishna. Krishna is answering to Brahma and said, It is me, the one who has seen you now, who existed before the creation, with nothing was there, let's say, the unlimited cycles of yugas, of course. It is I, the one who has seen you, you are seeing now in the present moment, and it will be me, the one who will remain after whole annihilation. So, in other words, as Guru Maharaj once said, Everything is about me, 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 says Krishna. <laughs> but again, not in egotistic way. But actually, the word aham is three times in this verse. Aham, aham, aham. Me, me, me. <laughs> From the Abed perspective, it's that. Oh, that's only Krishna. Everything is Krishna. Non-differentiated. Everything is Krishna. And when bad perspective is there, oh, variety relationships there. <laughs> but everything is Krishna. Everything is about Him. <laughs> but we are also interested in what He's about, about others. No? But, so that's what we are up to. And then, one more word we want to expre- express before going to the second verse. It's Rite. Rite Satyanetram. So, Rite or Ritam in Sanskrit this is explained also by Sridhar Swami. He said the word Ritam denotes something that is truthful and pleasant speech. Truth, sorry, not something. Truthful and pleasant speech. Ritam. And Satyam means Samadarshanam. Seeing equally or seeing everyone as the same. So, Krishna being Ritam Satyam Netram means Ritam Satyam, whose every words are very pleasing, pleasing and very truthful. Not only truthful, no, but pleasing. The word truth should be speaking in a, in, a, in a pleasing way, the proper pleasing way, not to please the audience. <laughs> no, as we spoke the other day, no wanted to control the other's reaction towards me for a calculated purpose, but in a pleasing way regarding what will please the soul as much, and considering some relative things. Priyam Priyam Jab so what is this quote? Priyam Priyam Spruyat Priyam Like truth should be sweetly sp- spoken about as much as we can <laughs> of course because truth is sweet actually and Satyanitram and some, uh, Satyam here implies Samadarshana Samadarshana means uh, equanimity looking to everyone as equal of course, we have this impartiality in Bhagavan. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita also, Samaham Sarvabhutisu Namadveshistinabriya. I'm equal to everyone. No one is especially dear or not dear to me. On the material platform, no? like Paramatma speaking there, Gurman says, like he's like objective and, and equal. But, second part, the Tumam. Well, he said, but whoever renders to me a special devotional service, oh, I cannot but reciprocate in that special boon as well. I'm impartial, but I'm partial in the context of impartiality. I remember once this was a whole thing with one lady in Argentina. She said, but how can God be partial to the devotees? I mean, that's a defect to be partial. Huh? The whole point in Vedanta Sutra, when the idea of Anadi Karma comes with that, how can God be partial? God should be impartial. So, how do you explain the different karmic situation in every living entity? Huh? Vedanta says, well, that's because of the particular karma. They're bearing different fruits. Okay, but when everything began, I mean, some impartiality had to be there. But then say no, karma is an adi. 
I go, okay. <laughs> so that this God is impartial, but in the, no, in the, how is it, perimeter of that impartiality, he's partial. But he's does, he does not stop being impartial in the other sense. As Paramatma, in this world, regarding to whatever needs, the fruits of their karma, he's impartial. He's giving whatever needs. But in another higher realm, in the context of Swarup Shakti and no, no karma but Kripa, he becomes partial. He transgresses justice. That's an ornament. That's not a defect in God. So. But like here, Devas are speaking more on their level. Where Samadarshana are equal to all. <laughs> And Sanatana Goswami also comments briefly in regarding to this verse. says, whatever is totally good for everyone occurs only by your grace, he says. Now, those things that are totally good, absolutely unanimously good for everyone, are going on only by your grace. So you are that person. So Sanatana Goswami is saying, the devas are expressing this idea, whatever is totally good for everyone comes from you. That's very important. When Krishna does something, it has so in multiple layers of application. It's different cases and and, and do and, do, and and delivering some good result for everyone, some necessary thing. So these are some some words briefly regarding this satya, 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 satya verse. <laughs> but you are invited to dive deep into the rest of the meanings that the Chari have given. Very interestingly. But basically, the, the devas are praying, <coughs> praising Krishna for being truth to his words and truth in every pore of his being, basically. No? Whatever regarding you is truth. So, let's finish with one more verse. If you have yeah, vital earths are joining you. Okay. You need the water, you take the phone, or I can like this. <laughs> Sometimes it helps more like this, like, like this. <laughs> so let's go to verse, uh, this is verse 33. So, like some seven verses after the one we recite now. Tatanati madhava tabaka kwachit brashanti margatva yibhada sahida tvayabhi gupta bicharanti nirbhaya. <coughs> so, devas are praying the following way. O Madhav, no? they speak to Krishna's Madhav, Lord of the Gods of Fortune, most probably that's what it means to them, Madhav. <laughs> if devotees completely in love with you sometimes fall from the path of devotion, they do not fall like non-devotees, for you still protect them. Thus, they fearlessly traverse, traverse, traverse the heads of their opponents and continue to progress in devotional service. This is also well-known shloka, where <coughs> the devas continue to praise Krishna as a protector, someone who is giving fortune as someone who is a well-wish uh, willing tree if you will saying like okay you are Madhava Madhava means the husband of Lakshmi Ma is the name of Lakshmi Ma and Dhava means husband so Madhava means husband of Lakshmi that's one mean, mean level of meaning Madhava also is connected to Madhu to the, the spring season it's also called Madhava that's the name for Krishna Spring has to do with, you know, you already know what? No, like awakening of Romanticism. So Krishna is the epitome, epitome, epitome of that. Madhava comes from Madhu as well, that no, means honey, street, bee, Madhusudan. So, so many layers of many more connected in this case to Vrindavan. But here we are in the Bakis womb with the Devas. It's a different context. <laughs> So they are ask they are praying to Bhagavan like Madhav, prayer the husband of goddess of fortune like implying your your wife is the goddess of fortune so whoever worships you that great fortune will be coming also and which is that fortune or one of those fortunes they say here those devotees complete in love with you you know, specific type of devotees 
at least the ones who are sincerely hankering for that, <coughs> sometimes may fall from the path of devotion. Now we will go through some examples. But the falling is not the, the, the same way of falling like the non-devotee. As we sp- were speaking before, karma may be there, but there is some shobana karma. They are falling in a beautiful way. <laughs> no, of course, not an excuse. So, okay, <laughs> let's beautifully break all my bulbs. It's in the context of Bhagavan's grace. No? It will be beautiful. <laughs> so, but the idea is, you still protect them. No? They may fall, they may do embarrassing things. Apichet sudara charo vajanti vamananyabak sadureva sumamtabya samadvya bhyasi dohisavasi Krishna Bhagavad Gita. Even if, 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 if my devotee engages in sudurachar, no? achar means behavior. Durachar means bad behavior. Sudurachar means very bad behavior. Thank you. So, Krishna says sudurachar, apichet means even if my devotee engages in sudurachar, no prachar, no achar, no upachar, no bichar. Sudurachar. Bhajante mam ananyavak. If he, in his no, most sincere of heart, he sincerely want to continue threading this bhakti path, even though that durachar, sadureva samantabhyasa krishna. For me, he's a saint. So maybe for the rest of the world, the community, he's a sinner, or he's a fallen, or he's a patit, whatever. For me, sadur. Why? Because he's firmly fixed in his determination. I want to continue in bhakti. No matter how many times I'm falling, I have that determination. So, in, in the Bhagavad there is also two nice verses speaking about that, saying how the devotee, Krishna said, even my devotee may fall, my devotee may know no, the shortcomings of the last and so on, but due to lack of realization, may fall. Hmm? But what, what, what does what that devotee, what, what does he, she have to do? Just wake up and continue with bhakti. No necessity of some separate uh, atonement. No? If they are sincerely engaged in bhakti, they will really repent for what they did, and they will just wake up, stand up, embrace bhakti again, and eventually they will transcend all those shortcomings. So similarly here, an example is given in that sense. Your devotees fall, but not like non-devotees. And in that way, some example is given, they fearlessly traverse the heads of their opponents and continue to progress on their devotional path. (laughs) Like they eventually are able to, to use their obstacles, let's say, as steps to obtain you. That's the idea, basically. No? What, those things that now are making us fall, <laughs> if you will, on some level or of another, eventually will have to help us to reach Krishna. No? As we spoke that about in Poland. No? Anartani Briti, Guru Maharaj wants to say, we should, Anartani Briti means, put your obstacles in the altar and worship them. You have to understand that. No? I will take out the parampara, I will put one picture, say, last hanger, no? Or the personification, Vaniranya Kashipu, Kamsa, Ravana, <laughs> New Parampara. <laughs> it means this, no? Your Narthas now are creating obstacles, making you fall, whatever. No? But you should deal with them in such a way that they become eventually transformed into steps. And you are walking on their heads, if you will. <laughs> and they are taking you, no? promoting you towards Krishna. So in that way, they should be worshipped. Because some artists may be there yet. So what to do? Just say to them, get out, get out. You have to accept they are there. So how to deal with them in such a way? Because sometimes you will have to deal with them for many years. <laughs> so you have to deal with them in such a way that there is some, some friendly connection. <laughs> in your mind, you, you are thinking, I will kick them out eventually. But till now, you have to learn how to deal with them. It's like if someone enters into your house, starts to live in your house, I say, oh my God, I have to kick this person out. But you cannot do league from one day to the other. So gradually you are like, okay, we are became neighbors. And, but eventually, legally, the paper comes. Sorry, I'm invited. 
in this bhakti path process is much more user friendly but your anarthas will like actually be transformed into something else that's the idea if you will whatever negative is there we, we, we purify our hearts and as Krishna saying Bhagavad Gita mind out of control worst enemy mind controlled best friend when bhakti enters worst enemies become best friends that's a big challenge no? if you you have a worst enemy in your life and someone says the challenge is he has to become your best friend <laughs> because of that Jesus Christ said love your enemies <laughs> because it's easy to love your friends I mean they are your friends I love them <laughs> but your enemies oh no? so and enemies are not outside you know <laughs> no? so Krishna said this in Bhagavad Gita no? if my devotee is determined in becoming a saint even though till today is Suduracharya no? <laughs> he is who is teaching by, by bad behavior what not to do no? we have Suduracharyas <laughs> uh, if he is determined to become an Acharya if you will to show proper behavior He's a saint already. So there's a, there's one very nice definition of saintliness. Saintliness means a sinner who has not given up in his attempt to become a saint. No. So I'm a sinner. I want to be a saint. Sinner. I want to be a saint. Sinner. But I keep insisting. I do not give up. So for Christians, oh, you are a saint. Just a matter of time that you will officially be no, saint in every sense of the term. Now you are projecting that, longing that, and I am the one who will make that become true. He's satya in so many senses. <laughs> so here, Brisbane Thakur gives some famous examples from Shastra, from Bhagavad. Three examples: examples of Bharat Maharaj, Chitra Ketu Maharaj, and Indradyumna Maharaj. The three of them f- fell, but in such a way that their falling uh, increased their longing for higher devotion now we're going to go in detail with three stories that will be too much you know them Chitra Ketu Maharaj was we spoke about him the other day I will start to speak about Ambarish Maharaj but it was actually Chitra Ketu <laughs> he became eventually cursed to be born as Bitrasura and it's this so called demon birth he showed such level of devotion and longing so actually it became a blessing to him in the case of Bharat Maharaj, you know, these three lifetimes of perfection, he attached to the deer, that actually was the personification of his Prarabdha karma, which came, and oh, <laughs> he was in Baba's stage at that point, so some extreme example to see, even in Baba, something may happen, be careful. <laughs> and uh, eventually he was born as a deer, he was like culturing his repentance, remorse, Eventually he was born in a third life as Jadavarat and he became like an Abadut and eventually attained perfection. And in Dhyubna Maharaj, also we have this story, uh, who became Gajendra in his next lifetime. No? So as, a, as, a, an, as an elephant, you know the story, the crocodile came, was... I cannot go now in detail. Do not tempt me, please. You will be without lunch if not. <laughs> so, but the point is, all of them committed some so-called mistake, fell in some way, and Radhimnamara fell in receiving properly some sage that was coming. He was not quick enough. So the sage, like, cursed. Oh, you are so slow to move, so you will be born as an elephant. <laughs> that is, like, a little bit like full moving. No? So, so like this, the, the curse is always I have some connection with the the, the attitude that, that created the curse, if you will. But the idea, Vishwana says, so Chitraketu Bharat and India Dhrubna fell and took the bodies of demons, like Britra, or animals, depending on the case, demons, animals, they prem increased a hundredfold, he said. So, important lesson there is, be careful how we are, which is our judgment of those personalities or personality we may also know about in a contemporary way we may hear about some devotees falling in different cases and positions and we may have some idea 
he's doing this, he had done that, but who knows what's Krishna's opinion there, no? So we have to mainly be concerned what's Krishna thinking about that and also be generous in the sense that well, most probably I may fall in that same way or maybe if I'm not falling like that now it's because I have fallen like that before <laughs> and I have received a second chance now so I should also be willing to give second chance to others third chance, fourth chance, hundred and eighth chance <laughs> as Guru Maharaj always say no? in, especially in, in our line Mahaprabhu Nityananda Prabhu they are judging us only according to our prospects future prospect, not according to our past. Really? <laughs> and I, I can only think of this lifetime. That's enough. Sometimes people say, why don't we remember our past lifetime? I mean, that's clear. I mean, it's not enough with this one. <laughs> Fortunately, we forget so many things from this lifetime. What do we, too much if you remember all these past lives, you will become mad in a second. So. We are not being judged according to our present lifetime, big relief. We are not being judged according to our past, I think, I say first, to our present condition, double relief, for me at least. <laughs> but we are being considered according to what we want to become, our projection, our project, projection in life. So that's so generous. Guru is judging us according to our potential. He's our potential appearing in front of us and his our potential appears only looking to our potential <laughs> you follow guru is our own potential appearing before us and that guru that potential comes and is not seeing us according to past present saying oh such a beautiful potential for bhakti you have here let's pour some travel kirtan some blossom is there and he's not seeing all these mistakes and he has to see them he will see, he will point, you will point, only in the concept of your brilliant potential. This is a very nice quote by Sila Siyamara, simple, but full of these ideas. He says, your future is brilliant. Stop. Try to go deep in that quote. Your future is brilliant. Those moments when you are not feeling that, <laughs> try to feel Sila Siyamara getting close to them. Your future is brilliant. Do not forget that part. Guru is there to remind you that day, that thing every single day of your life, sadhus, and so many things are there to remind Your future is brilliant. Your future is brilliant. Even though present moment is a little bit embarrassing, <laughs> future horizon is so brilliant. So, Vishwanath says, one should see their fall down as a cause for increasing prem. I mean, if you are sincere in bhakti, if you fall down, the fall down will we are called for increasing prayer, for advancing further. Their fall is not like the fall of this aspirant for liberation, momukshus. For even in the fallen state, they remain firmly attached to your lotus feet. Like saying, the votive falls and is still attached to your feet. Aspirants of liberation, even in their liberated state, are not attached to your lotus feet. <laughs> so what's the position of the devotee? They remain faithful to the Lord, thinking that their fall has been arranged by the Lord for their own benefit. For the Lord promises that His devotee will never perish. Of course, no, we should be sincere with that and we should not misconstrue these words and engage in whatever and later say, okay, this was an arrangement, so I will, and we keep doing the same. This was an arrangement, this was an arrangement. Mm, some arrangement will come as a result of that so called arrangement. <laughs> But it's, it's important to see Krishna is there at some level or some other. Once I remember being in, in the... Uh, we're almost finishing. Remember being in Chile. Uh, many times I went there, but once I was there like 17 years ago. 17 years ago. <laughs> and uh, I was distributing books but at that time in the buses taking into uh, no? Bhagavad Gita the buses Chilean buses so going up and nice it was intense dynamics and uh, I once I was between one bus and the other walking in the street and, and hear the classical no? Haribo <laughs> of course sometimes I hear also Haribo when no one is saying Haribo <laughs> no? I think that happened to everyone no? <laughs> so Haribo <laughs> <laughs> 
they were saying, I don't know, hurry home or something else. No? <laughs> hurry ball is hurry home, no? Go quickly there. But you hear many times, hurry ball, and say, like, where is the hurry ball guy? And there was no, no one. No? But good, it's nice also, no? Yeah. So I, I would look, there, there was someone there in this case. <laughs> and there was some man of, I don't know, 50 years old man, like selling this, how do you say in English, artesano in Spanish. The ones who make like, Artisan, handicraft, artisan, oh, like this, like little hippie old guy <laughs> selling these things. Horrible. See, and ask him, oh, do you know? Have you met the devotees? I mean, you say horrible, you must. Or I'm, I was, I first I was trying to confirm if I heard properly. <laughs> do you know the You say horrible. <laughs> do you know? Have you met the devotees? Yes, I'm proud. See, proud as disciple. He told me, okay. <laughs> I like oh, no, so he started to speak. No, and he was like, of course, he was disconnected in one sense from the daily practice and sadhana. But he was speaking so much, so favorably about his memories, no, with the devotees and those times. And but you know, Prabhu, Maya is so strong, and I'm here now and that. And, and we were speaking nicely. No, it was a nice conversation for a while. And and, and well, at one point I had to leave, so I was almost leaving. And, and he called me, no, when I was living. Come, come, come. And he looked at me like through to my eyes. And he was like practically like crying. I said, "But you know what? Once you know Krishna, you can never forget him." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> thank you." No, like I was trying because I was feeling his pain of being in one way like disconnected, but at the same time not able to fully disconnect. And I was thinking, "Yes, Krishna is not leaving him." I mean. He's not leaving him at one point. Uh, he will continue. He's favorable. He's not offensive. <laughs> no, he's not disconnected. He's some um, lapse in eternity. What's 30, 40 years? Nothing. <laughs> so we should also develop this type of positive, hopeful mentality. For us and for others as well, generous mentality. Not to over-justify something that should be corrected, but yes, to have a bigger picture and try to see, well, how all this... Is being seen from eternity's perspective, Krishna. So, <laughs> yes, some devotees, oh, he's a hippie now, artisan in Maya, not chanting any rounds. <laughs> but when he was speaking to me about his memories, I was crying for Krishna. No? So maybe he's much more connected than some with fully shaven, non hippie glimpses there. <laughs> but no, the longing, the sincerity of the longing, who knows? Again, so apart. Externally, presentation may be very misleading. That's the point. So we should... Baba Grahi Janardana, see the scripture. Krishna is only judging Baba, the, the, the internal nature of your feeling and emotion. Externally, who knows? So we should be able to penetrate it, we touch that point, no? to, before giving some conclusion about anyone. Because if not, we enter into very delicate land of apparatus. So that's very delicate. <coughs> Jiva Goswami adds to this some more words from Jiva and Sanatan. <coughs> Jiva Goswami says, regarding this body, this verse, sorry, however, those who worship your body do not fall, although they do not have full realization of Atma, although they rejected their own Dharma, and although sometime, something terrible has somehow or other happened to them. So you see, no, such a generous perspective. If they worship you on some level, you remain with them. You are not leaving them. You are giving some protection to them. Even if they are, if they are not fully realizing Atma, it means they are relatively attached to body and all the implications of being attached to one's body, all the fall downs implying that. <laughs> Even they reject their own Dharma. Who knows which Dharma one may have in the context of Barna, Ashram, or whatever is expected from us. They are rejecting that. And although... Sudurachar, something terrible they have done. You are in some form or other they are still worshipping you. That's the point. They are they're they of course if they really become negative, stop worshipping, criticize you, become adverse to your that's another thing. But in some form of you know, sincere worship is there. I mean, you won't leave them. And Sanatan Goswami finishes saying Madhava means as we say Lakshmi Kanta or the husband of the goddess of fortune. 
So the intended meaning is the fallen devotees will automatically be wealthy. Of course, that's nice for the devas. <laughs> wealthy or these material things. But there's some level of meaning. I say, or else Madhava signifies all you who have descended into Madhu's dynasty. This means he's highly compassionate. No? Because this dynasty is characterized by this type of qualities. And also the word Prabhu is, is mentioned there. That some, here is translated like Almighty. Almighty? Almighty. No? So Prabhu means, Sanatana says, all you who have all potencies. So the idea is having power on account of Prabhu's might is appropriate from them too. They turn no, for the, devo- the fallen devotees. As Sanatana said, those devotees, fallen devotees, eventually, they turn their heads of those troublemakers into steps and ascend to a planet of Sri Vaikuntha. <laughs> so he gives this like depiction. No? They, take the, they use the heads of their obstacles or their opposition, whatever, maybe outside, inside, and eventually they transform them by the strength of fact into steps it's a very beautiful ladder that leads them to Vaikuntha eventually. And so that's how we should deal with our uh, well, with our obstacles, basically. In such a way that we make a beautiful ladder out of them. Something like that. So, well, basically like this. Of course, there are some other prayers, but with this idea of prayer, that they were establishing their, like, presenting the proper background for the descent of the Lord, the proper Mahima, proper um, singing of the glories of Bhagavan, and also trying to give support to Devaki, because remember, Devaki was there in the prison thinking, oh, Kansa may come at any moment, he will kill me, he will kill him, my baby. <laughs> so the Devas are like trying to give assure, assure, give assurance, assurance, like nothing will happen, he's the protector, he's the one who is protecting every devotee, even fallen. Again, implication is there Kamotinaya. If he's protecting such a way the fallen devotees, what to speak of you? <laughs> Do not fear Devaki Devaki, no? So the the devas are basically indirectly announcing Krishna will destroy Kamsa basically. They are doing saying this. Without saying that directly in these verses, but in other verses they are also given this uh, how do you say? Would you speak something about the future? Prediction. Prediction, yes, indication. In other verses, they say clearly, here, Bhagavan is in your womb, he will co- come out eventually, he will destroy Kamsa. Like saying, do not fear Kamsa. Even though he is fear personified, he will be destroyed. <coughs> so after all these prayers, they must return to re- their respective uh, abodes. And there is the, f- the end of chapter 2 of 10. 10th <coughs> canto of the Bhagavad and chapter 3 will be the birth of Krishna so tomorrow we are celebrating such birthday but the one presenting that will be Guru Maharaj so I put my Harikata to rest here so thank you very much for joining in this series of lectures hopefully this may have helped to create some pre-janmastami mood if you will <laughs> So we may be able to properly participate today, tomorrow, on Nandotsav also, in this very nice uh, celebration. Jai Shri Krishna Janmastami Ki Jai, Shri Gurudev Padita Pavan Ki Jai, Shri Man Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, Shri Adinam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Shri Shri Dauji Gopal Ki Jai, Grantara Shri Man Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrind Ki Jai, Gopraman Lari.